Welcome to our podcast. Here we have two professionals ready to discuss the recent outbreak at Garcia Newgard Memorial Hospital. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Charlie. Welcome both of you. So it was both of you who isolated the agent responsible for the recent outbreak? Yes. I'm sure the listeners of this podcast want to know the specific agents. Staphylococcus aureus. And how did you determine this? We obtained samples of bacteria present in three different patients. Each sample contained two different bacteria, usually of different species. We soon realized that one bacteria present in all of our cultures, and it shares the same characteristics of staph, yellowish color, round, circular, form, entire margins, so on and so forth. This conclusion also lined up perfectly with the symptoms reported at the hospital. Before we get the symptoms, why don't we further examine these cultures? Very well. Each sample had two bacterial strains in them. Patient one had enterophytalis. Entero is characterized by cream color, circular form, convex elevation, and entire margins. Our second sample also had the strain of Clostridium difficile. This bacteria stood out due to its reddish-brown coloration, large size, entire margins, and convex height. The third sample, surprisingly, also had a strain of tuberculosis. This was confirmed that the tan color, irregular form, undulate margins, and large size. Of course, all three samples had staph. The common denominator thus are strain. So, what are some of the symptoms of staph? Certainly, when inhaled, staph tends to cause heavy coughing along with damage to the lungs. Staph it usually isn't airborne. However, if a patient develops pneumonia, which some did, it can be spread by airborne droplets. Likewise, some patients showed red, infected rashes. These rashes tended to have pus under the skin that caused varying levels of pain for the patient. One outlier developed issues with her urinary tract, consistent with a urinary staph infection. Staph's incubation time is about 10 days consistent with the fact that every infected patient showed symptoms within 10 days. That's a bit strange. How does something airborne cause rashes? I suppose this will be our segue into transmission. Again, if a patient develops pneumonia, the bacteria can be spread by airborne droplets. It is far more common, especially in a hospital setting, for staff to be spread by contaminated medical tools and devices. Our patients with the rash only develop staff after surgery, and these rashes occur near the incision site. Likewise, the, the one patient with the UTI needed a catheter, which was likely contaminated as well. Thirdly, some patients like the acquired disease via fomites. Fomites directly touching contaminated objects. Interesting. Now, how can hospitals, clinics, and other settings prevent infection? How did your team respond to the outbreak? As for non-sacomial infections of staff, it is vital that all medical equipment and common areas are properly disinfected. All staff should always wear proper PPE and wash their hands. If someone is showing symptoms, try to isolate them as much as possible. Of course, these measures may not work as well in, say, an office, but following basic hygiene and not coming in if sick are always good ideas. Now, as for how we ended the outbreak at GNMH, we implemented many of the procedures just mentioned. Medical equipment was sterilized. All staff were made to wear PPE 
any and all common surfaces and areas like tables, chairs, waiting rooms, etc., were used. Infected patients were isolated from non-infected patients. As an additional precaution, we did not we didn't let any family members of the infected see them instead setting up zoom meetings sounds like a good plan for all of us to follow well looks like that's all the time we have farewell goodbye see ya